0: It's Thursday, January 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me today, Bill Mann. Good to see you, my friend.
1: You know, Chris, I made a, uh, a comment earlier that this is the most optimistic that I've felt in a long time. And I really think that we need to declare that today is actually January 1, 2021. I that would, yesterday I would, was the end
0: of 2020. I would, uh, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, I, I don't care what happening.
1: the calendar. I don't know. I don't care what the calendar says. But yesterday was a a hard, terrible day. We are here in the suburbs of Washington D.C., and so uh, you know, it, it it was it was not only international news; it was local news for us. And we both have spent a lot of time down on the Capitol. And uh, I am I, I am hopeful for today that we have
0: turned the page. As am I. Um, we're going to get to that in a second. We're also going to talk about China, yeah. um, uh, And Bill's going to tell me where Jack Ma is because uh, I don't know where he is. Um, but let, let me let me just start by timestamping this mm-hmm. because this was this was something that came up yesterday. We typically do this show between eleven thirty a.m. and twelve noon Eastern, and so that's why on yesterday's show, Bill Barker and I. Sort of blithely went about our business um, and made no mention of what was happening at the US Capitol building because nothing at that point was happening at the US Capitol building. Um, And for anyone feeling unsettled by the events of the last 24 hours, you're absolutely not alone Um, uh, watching the insurrection at the US Capitol building. Um, that's a building I worked in for six years. Mm -hmm. And I have friends and former colleagues who are still there. And I was horrified by the scene and I was scared for their safety. And yet, like you, Bill, (laughs) I take comfort in the fact that when all was said and done, democracy won the day, the mob lost democracy, won the day and America moves on. And by the way, the Nasdaq's hitting an all-time high and i think that's part of the you know that's that's i mean we can get to the disconnect between the market and and real world events in a second but but i think that's emblematic of uh the forward looking nature of the market and what happened around 4 a.m. when um uh, the election was certified when the election was certified i think it is it, it, it is perhaps cliche to
1: say that the, uh, the that the market is a discounting instrument that it is entirely forward-looking, because we are all aware of times in which things have happened and the market has reacted very, very badly. Yesterday, was almost, it was a disconnect. And I actually, for part of the day, was watching through Bloomberg television. And they had down in one corner, the really horrifying goings-on, and they were just talking about bond pricing, And uh, yeah, the market closed up yesterday. It seems like it will close up again today. And it's as if the market is saying, Okay, get on with it. This is the last paroxysm, this is the last temper tantrum we're going to have. It's time to move on.
0: I hope the market is right in that regard. Let's Um, let's vote with the market on this one. All right, yeah, um. Uh, uh, you know, one of one of the few smiles I got yesterday uh, was uh, on Twitter um, when you tweeted, "Bloomberg TV's monomaniacal mono- focus is unreal." We're getting reports of shot fire shots fired at the Capitol building. Let's talk about the impact on the Treasury's market. <laughs> <laughs> was,
1: that was that was not quite a direct quote, but it was so close to be to a direct uh, quote that, it, uh, <laughs> that that I went with it. And yeah. I mean, businesses, you know, businesses is businesses. And we, we, we try very hard not to be political at The Motley Fool. What we really try not to be is partisan at The Motley Fool, because the reality is that every once in a while, and yesterday was a huge example, politics does intervene. It, you know, it, 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 it really does. And so that is the biggest story, you know, that, you know for today, Although
0: as a nonpartisan show, there are there are other things to discuss. So let's get to those because there are two stories that really have been bubbling up throughout the week, and at no point did I bring them up on this show because I knew I was going to be talking to you on Thursday, Mm. and I just thought, okay, I'm going to save that conversation for when Bill is on the show. And let's start with um, this narrative that's been going on for a little while, but really is heated up this week about Chinese stocks being delisted. Where is that right now? What is the state of play right now with that possibility, and what does it mean for investors?
1: So it's a little unfair for me to say the following, but nobody really, really, entirely knows. There are two paths by which companies are possibly going to be delisted delisted from China. One is an executive order that that uh, that uh, President Trump signed that said that the U.S. Uh, and no U.S. interests can do business with companies that have, that, that, that operate, uh, with the military in China. And in the U.S., the publicly listed companies, uh, that fell under that. And I think there were 31 of them that were put on the executive order were China Unicom, China Mobile and uh and china telecom and so this last week they the the nyse said that we were gonna they were gonna delist them because of the executive order and then they said no and now they're saying maybe there's a there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty there but the but the administration uh, has doubled down and they are now saying that they they believe that alibaba and tencent are also a foul of you know of 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 the reason we, are, we, we have put this order out to start with. So, they are thinking about putting those on the list as well. The hard thing, Chris, is that this is an executive order, which could certainly, if I look at the calendar 13 days from now, be reversed. be reversed. Yeah, It can be reversed. I mean, that's that's the nature of executive orders. They can be reversed. This is not something that's been decided by uh, by Congress. There's no legislation in place. It is an executive order. and It's a powerful it's a powerful signal to the Chinese. But I don't know what the outcome is going to be. None of us do. Uh, I don't I don't suspect that because Donald Trump has done it, that President Biden will say, "Okay, we're good. But I would not I would not put all of my money in the basket of President Biden saying we're just going to undo this.
0: So I don't own shares of any of these companies. Let's say for the moment that I own a few shares of Alibaba. If the stocks get delisted, how does that affect me?
1: There is a, there there is no way uh, wh- what would end up happening is that those comp- companies would be forced to go into in the U.S. a go private transaction. They can't simply just take your shares from you. There would be a, there would be at the end of the day a uh, a transaction that would be forced upon you. And so I'm not saying it's you know it it it's all sunshine, uh, but. They're not just going to say, "Well, you know, your shares are your 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 shares no longer exist." That is that is illegal in the United States of America, and it would not be done. What those what the mechanism is uh, is is still a little bit unclear, and I think a lot of that, Chris, is being left at, you know is being left out there simply because of the timing of where we are. I mean, why come up with the mechanism if 13 days from now we may not even be you know the policy may have changed.
0: Speaking of Alibaba, yeah, uh, last month uh, saw an article that uh, Jack Ma, um, the founder of Alibaba, uh, in twenty at some point in twenty twenty became the wealthiest person in China. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Jack Ma was not seen in public nor heard from for weeks on end. Um, uh, you and I chatted a little bit uh, on Slack just about the the whole notion of uh, this happening in China versus this happening in America. You know, if if you know Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or you know Bill Gates, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, two months have gone by and and nobody's seen or heard from this person. How <laughs> do think like, of it? <laughs> yeah, feel feel like it would have been noticed sooner. Yeah. Um What. Where, like, has he since been spotted? Because I've only in the, I I didn't see anything yesterday, but earlier in the week, I saw uh, some reports on CNBC that, you know, sources close to Jack Ma have reported seeing him. So it was sort of a second person thing. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sure. Okay. There is something. So Jack Ma in October gave a speech uh, at an economic forum in China in which he was in a very obsequious way. uh, He was, you know, he was like, well, I'm just a guy and these are my observations and then criticized the banking system and the banking regulatory system. And it really made the wrong people angry in China. Uh, And so they blocked the ant financial, uh, IPO that was going to happen two days later. It's going to be a $34 billion IPO, one of the largest that has ever happened. Um, and since then, Jack Ma has not has not been seen or or heard from. He has a show, kind of a shark tank type show, and he didn't show up. There was another Alibaba, you know, there was another Alibaba executive that took his place and he'd been sort of wiped clean. It's certainly possible that he is lying low for a while and it would not be the dumbest thing in the world for him to do. It is also possible that, that he's under what something, known um, as residential surveillance. It has happened a number of times uh, in, in China. In 2018, it happened quite a bit, uh, most notably with a an actress named Fan Bingbing. She may be the most famous actress, definitely the most famous actress in China. And so therefore, one of the most famous actresses in the world got into a little bit of a pickle with with, uh, contracts, one that had been forged. So it seemed like she was evading taxes. Uh, So that is something that they do in China quite a bit. It would not surprise me that that's where he is and held without, without communications, uh, you know, to give him a little bit of a clarity about the types of things that he should and should not opine about when it comes to Japanese, to Chinese banking regulations. So um, that's, that's where I think he is. I think he's in residential surveillance, which uh, is every bit as dystopian and horrifying as it, as, as as it sounds.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say that. That sounds better than some scenarios, but sure. If you're in Hawaii, it doesn't. It doesn't sound yeah. like a good situation.
1: No, it doesn't sound fun. It's a whole lot. It sounds like a whole lot of no fun.
0: To the extent possible, I want to end today on a, a slightly lighter note. Um, on yesterday's show, uh, Barker and I. Yesterday's show, which seems like it was a month ago, Um, Barker and I—the last show of 2020, right? That's what exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, uh, Just bear with me. Uh, I won't go through the whole thing, but long story short, Barker and I were talking about a scenario whereby you're elected president of the United States, and since we've known you for so long and have been friends and colleagues for so long, uh, you reward us with cushy ambassador post because you not, supported my campaign too exactly right? yep. I, I came up with the the campaign slogan a man for all seasons a man for our t- <laughs> a man for our time a man for our time um anyway um and by the way when i laid out that scenario and said you know the, the whole thing to barker and said uh you know where would you want to go he said well first of all uh, I don't think Bill wants to be president. I think he would be sworn in, and then he would immediately resign, and then he would ask the new president to give him an ambassador post. And that's and, right, hundred percent. And that was your reaction when I told you yesterday. Um, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't want so, to be president. <laughs> right. So I'm 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 happy to put Barker in the uncomfortable position of being president, and he rewards us. But but where where are you picking? You're, South you're, Africa, one hundred percent. You've traveled to more countries than anyone I know. You are picking South uh, Africa, absolutely. Tell me why, a- absolutely, because it is because it is a country that
1: has the greatest level of really unbelievable, mind bending nature. It is a place where things actually happen. It's a, it, it's actually a quite important country to the United States. So you are not; it's not entirely cushy,
0: but it's at least partially cushy. I would believe the accommodations for the U- US ambassador to South Africa are probably pretty cushy. This is the other thing I was thinking about. So if I had to guess, I'm pretty
1: sure that you want to follow uh, you know Art Rooney's footsteps and go to Ireland.
0: Yes, correct. Was that yours? That, that was mine.
1: And the one when you told me the scenario, the one I thought of for Bill Barker was that Bill Barker would like to go to New
0: Zealand. You're close. I was thinking he might pick Bermuda, but he he chose Australia. That's not cushy, uh, you know. I mean, I, I, I are you going to trust Bill Barker with Australia? I'm not president. I'm sorry. Are.
1: I need to apologize to the New Zealander, the Kiwis who are listening right now. I wouldn't trust it with Australia. Okay.
0: I mean, it's it's your call you're the president president. (laughs) i mean clearly i can be trusted with ireland though clearly you could be trusted with ireland no
1: i'll buy it i'll i i will
0: buy that and and by the way this is something that we obviously need to start making happen barker being president yeah oh god (laughs) We're, we're gonna wrap up here always good talking to you my friend thank you so much chris